0: Be a pro with AC Pro.
1: It's Mariners Pod. Welcome back. Great to have you here. Mariners dropping a series against the White Sox, a well-earned off day today, and then they return to action this weekend against Atlanta, which should be very entertaining. In the meantime, we have a very fun podcast for you today. A couple of my absolute favorites, Joel Furman, Director of Analytics for the Mariners, Will join us a long conversation about what he's seen from the Mariners this year. And we ran into Jordan Schusterman for the second time this season. First time was in Baltimore, and second time was in Cleveland. So we will start this podcast. With that conversation.
2: Shannon Dreyer joined by Rick Riz, Aaron Goldsmith, and a special guest that we like to run into here and there. And someday we will actually run into him in Seattle, which I know is not just our dream. It's your dream as well, Jordan mm-hmm. Schusterman. Yes. Baseball analyst for Fox and half oh, of let's, success,
3: go, let's, go, let's go easy success. on baseball analyst. I, <laughs> I, mean, I this think is, so. I think, I hey, mean, baseball hey person. I am a baseball
2: no, no, analyst. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm reading. No, he no, is putting out a lot of content. I know. His, You're his, his publicist has gone stuff. pretty
3: hard.
4: I,
2: you know, Aaron. And we're not talking about hair, so you don't need to get no, so defensive here. You still no. have the top
4: hair. Yeah. Yeah, fox. I'm not I'm not, listen, we know where the fox pecking order is Aaron has <laughs> many rungs above me and that's fine.
3: Well, I don't I don't I don't know. You're getting a lot of FaceTime for good reason. <laughs> <laughs> we, good we, we, Jordan, Jordan and Jake were just the Twitter account. They were, we were like 13 minutes ago running a Twitter account, and now yeah. they're world baseball famous. It's been yes. pretty remarkable. Yes.
2: absolutely. But you know, you all go back to when you were talking about the barbecue mm-hmm. spit and everything else, and it, it just uh, a part of it for you. It's obviously you cover all of baseball but it, the Mariners fandom is, is yeah. very real. We talked uh, about a month ago, about a month and a half and it was all of, you know, you're looking toward October. I, I think the dream is going to happen. Are you prepared for this? I
4: it's it's <laughs> crazy, you know. I every every morning as us Mariners fans, you know, we open those fan graphs, playoff odds and we say is that is that real? Is that possible? Uh, it's it's kind of terrifying, honestly. Like <laughs> I actually preferred it when it was in the 40 to 50 range because it felt more like, trouble? you know, it's like it's good. There's a good chance, not like it's going to happen. So, uh, it's crazy. It's a crazy time. Obviously, you guys have, you know, seen seen what this team's been over the last uh, you know two and a half months. Of the best record in, in baseball, I believe, yeah. for for a really long stretch now. It's, it's been crazy to watch.
0: What have been some of the surprises of the other clubs around the Mariners right now looking for that wild card spot because it's crazy.
4: Yeah, no, it's 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 a really fun mix. And, of course, this year with, with the three teams, it's, it, you know, has it really opened the door for that many more teams? I'm not really sure, at least not this season. But seeing the shuffling of those three spots yeah, yeah. and knowing the – what that could mean for what that first series is gonna be like and where it is and all the different yeah. ramifications is, is super fun and, and Baltimore. I mean we have to mention Baltimore right. not just because, you know, my good friend Jake Mintz is an <laughs> Orioles fan and you can imagine you think it's crazy for a Mariners team. I mean I think we did have decently high expectations for, for the Mariners this year and and even if they've surpassed those, but for Baltimore it's been it's been unbelievable. So they've been yeah. super fun to watch and it's it's a really interesting mix of teams.
3: You are working on a piece mm-hmm. About the Mariners bullpen, you had a chance to talk with one of our favorite guys to talk yes. with, Paul Seawald, who always, you learn something every time you talk pitching with Paul. I don't expect you to give away everything, uh, more <laughs> is to come, but uh, yeah. can you give us a, a morsel as to what that conversation was
4: like? Yeah, well, some of it was was born out of a conversation I had with Shannon before I went down and, and talked to Paul, which is, is just how much this bullpen has evolved, right, since... Since this, since opening day, but talking with Paul, even going back a year ago, right? Because the Mariners bullpen last year was a huge reason why they were good. There's a bunch of different guys. It was not the same names we we're seeing this year. Besides Paul, of course, Paul has been really uh, one of the main constants. But I've just been been blown away with with the variety. Of, of pitchers in this uh, bullpen other than the fact that they're all right-handed <laughs> 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 but, but I guess I guess you know Matt Boyd, Matt Boyd we'll, we'll get him get him in the mix now which is cool but uh yeah just the stuff is so unbelievable and I think we've had a few series this year obviously the Yankees series and that amazing 13 inning game but even these series with Cleveland I mean just the stuff that you have Cleveland's bullpen is similarly incredible um, and it's it's the level of stuff in Major League Baseball now is amazing, and now to have those guys on my favorite team is, is very cool because that has not you know always been the case.
2: What were you interested to see in this group last night when you got the chance to kind of watch them?
4: Yeah, time? yeah. So I, I got to a good my, one of my college roommates. Uh, it was it lives, it lives here and had really good good seats. So I got to go as a fan last night and, and being up close and, and seeing you know Classé and then Munoz and back to back innings. Is, is unbelievable. Um, and then, and you know, the splitter, Trevor Steffen, he's mm-hmm. throwing some some really nasty stuff. Uh, of course, you know, Diego Castillo and, and guys like that. I know he did pitch last night, but just some really, really impressive arms to be able to see it up close. Is, it's, you know, in some ways when you see it on TV, you are getting the best angle from the center field, you know, camera angle, but... Being closer to it and feeling it, and you know, hearing Robbie Ray's grunts, oh, yeah. feeling yeah. feeling and the, and the, those so grunts along with him. You're so close <laughs> to the pants and, and the pants, yeah. and especially you know, third baseline. We're really seeing Robbie oh, Ray, that's at, that's... you know, at his best. So, you know, it, it was it was it was a really a cool experience. But uh, as you guys know, you know, I'm I'm watching all these games, and it's, yeah, the the the, the stuff coming out of these these Mariners believers is is really sensational.
0: Jordan, 95, the Mariners came way back, you know, to tie the Angels, beat the Angels, and get to the playoffs for the first time. Can the Tampa Bay Rays overtake mm. the Yankees in the American League East after the Yankees had that huge lead?
4: Yeah, it's it's crazy. I think that the the neutral fan who, you know, preys on the downfall of New York, <laughs> the Yankees, I think a lot of people thought the Mets would be the team, like, oh, the Braves are going to catch them, the Braves are going to catch them. But now here we are, right, four games. Yeah. After a 15-and-a-half game lead, it is it is really stunning to watch. And I know they've had some injuries, but to be this weird one-man team, and a judge is already homered again today, I believe. He's mm-hmm. up to 53, and it's just it's, it's wild to watch. But you guys know it, You know, seeing Tampa a few times a year. They are just a machine in a totally different kind of way. Um, but it's it's unbelievable. And But the other thing it makes me think of is the Astros, right? I mean, the Mariners have been the best team in baseball for two months, and they're still 10 games back. And that's how it makes you appreciate the teams at the top, like Houston, like the Dodgers. Who just never, ever have a downfall the way that we've seen the Yankees over the last month.
3: Your greatest surprise player for the Mariners this year? Oh, man.
4: There are certainly some, some fun ones to make. I think we got to go Haggerty, right? I think Haggerty, I think the, the thing with Haggerty that's been amazing is that he, we had the, the Dylan Moore breakout in 2020, right? Like right? That was so cool. And the fact that they've kind of both found a place on this roster when normally, there's one got one of those guys on the roster is really crazy um and there's a lot of pitchers to choose from pen murphy another guy i got to talk to earlier like he's been super duper fun to watch uh so there's certainly some some arms and then you know obviously all the other the, the more famous rookies you know like like kirby and julio it's like yeah they're, so, they're, they're, they're very talented so I mean, i'm
3: gonna like i'm gonna go right back to grade school like who is your favorite mariner who who is right now? right now active Act, roster it's, it's who's a, your a, favorite
4: mariner it's a great question I've, I've thought about that because i've like, the Mariners being my, like, one favorite sports team, really. Like, I don't... In other sports, I'm not really watching as, as a fan anymore. That I have just favorite players across, and it's like, I have the Mariners. Who's the one guy? It was obviously Felix to start, and Felix has been gone for a while. So there has been a bit of a gap. It's Julio. It's not... See, that's it's, the problem, it's the obje- right? It's, it's the like, objective answer, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like and, and honestly, a lot of it is because Juan Soto has been my favorite player, really, over, since he came in the league. And now it's like, oh, no, he's kind of that, but in a different way. He's not quite that level yet, but... Um, it's it's unbelievable. It's like very surreal to have a player like that on, how, on the team. How did you view
3: the home run derby then?
4: Oh yeah, I was there. It was it was also kind of conflicting. <laughs> 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 but, but I think I, I'm sure this point has been made. Um, I think it's better that he lost for next year. Like, I, like I the Julio like revenge from Run, do- yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we all probably assumed he was going to do it next year anyway. Hopefully, like if he, he won, maybe reasons. he'd be like,
3: you know, guys, I've done this. I no, want, I to mean, go out on top. You
4: know? No, it's it's it just it sets it up. Yeah, you know? and, of course, it, as a as someone who cares deeply about you know Homer and Derby narratives, <laughs> something <laughs> very rematch. important thing, exactly. And <laughs> I think that'll 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 set it up quite nicely for next year. But also, it's one of those things. Same thing with Vlad here in 2019. Vlad won, right? Like, Pete won, but sure, Vlad right. won. Sure. Right? And that felt the same way with Julio and Soto.
2: So I think we needed a kind of new derby kind of on the Mariners fun quotient, and maybe we need to see, like, a jumping into the net a la Sam Haggerty. Oh. oh, that was good. And beautiful. then, I mean, is that something you would try? Would you that be was,
4: for that? that? Well, I I just loved it because it really kind of opened up the possibility. I'm sure Scott service doesn't feel this way, but <laughs> <laughs> the possibilities of, like, The net. Right. I mean, it really has. Who plays the net the best? Who plays the the net net the best. Right. That's 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 (laughs) going to be an X factor when you're doing postseason series. Right. It's like, okay, you know, pitching defense. Who plays the net the the best? Um, I know Haggerty said he's 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 right. Right. It's like I don't have any I would not have done that so confidently if I didn't have that. But yeah, I mean, that was one of the craziest (laughs) plays I've ever seen. And also one for you, I will say, Aaron, is a, a tough one to call. But you did as, as well. As I don't know. Could I, have. It <laughs> was. like, Is he living? He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. It's out. <laughs> it's not out. It's, oh, it's out. Yeah. He bounced. Yeah. yeah. Well, I love because I, when I threw out the highlight, I got a lot of responses that were like, "You need. We need someone in the replay center who, that's just like, kind of senses the, the vibe of the play. Where it's like, oh, it so cool. Yeah, it's yeah like, give did, it to yeah, him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Like, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Like, how, <laughs> how bad can they be? So, no, that was that was. I mean, and again, it was another great like, you know. Sam Haggerty moment, <laughs> which again, like, if you told me that we would be having Sam Haggerty moments all season, would be like, oh, okay, sure.
2: We've just got a couple seconds left, but I mean, if this team is the in the postseason, mm-hmm. and I know we are starting to see more national broadcasts, yeah. the Root folks we never see them here anymore because <laughs> it's always on on national TV. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think? This what is going to be compelling about this Mariners team to a broader audience?
4: Yeah, I think. Well, first of all, I, I do think that they now have I mean julio leading the way right like this is a team with with some players that people do recognize i mean suarez right like suarez and you know, people say that maybe not realize he has the most homers of any player oh, in okay. baseball over the last whatever five years but there are people that that do know right jesse Winker was an all-star last year i think ty France being an all-star this year mitch Hanniger, who's had these moments now like people do start to know. and then the pitchers too like people know who robbie ray is people know who luis castillo is like these are not people you necessarily have to introduce them the way that maybe they will george kirby um and logan gilbert but there's more kind of really well-known guys, and so I think that yeah. that kind of vibe is, is going to be easily translated when you combine also the players that you haven't known as well, That some of the other younger guys, the Sam Haggerys of the world, where it's like you get to introduce them, but... It's really crazy and and I'm just I'm so excited for it and I'm also like it's it sounds so nervous and miserable to watch postseason baseball which I already do for a team like as so as excited as I am it's like it sounds like a terrible time.
3: <laughs> like, truly. Okay. You're, you're, you're sweating
4: you know, right now. I am. You need to
2: be taking care of yourself right I know, now. You need to I get know. your sleep, I drink know. your I booze, just, you need to eat right.
4: I I am most excited just I just want to see them Get there, yeah. right? I want to see the, I, the 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 clinch is what I am most looking forward to. Like the actual yep. playing postseason baseball, I can, literally cannot fathom. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> I'm most excited for just this next month and. And just playing the way they've been playing because it's it's obviously any chance we well. see
2: you in Seattle is final of games I, in October
4: uh, in October no, at the
2: beginning of October yes. final games of the season
4: final Could games of the regular there? season. Are you bring a poncho. Come I, on. I I think I am. There's a good chance. All right. I think All we're right. we're looking pretty good to be coming there <laughs> for that Oakland series. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Okay. We'll, okay. we'll we'll see. We'll see how it goes.
2: All right. Sounds good. So so good to run into you. Always great to have you on yes, the air. Thank you, guys. Hopefully we talk next with you in Seattle.
3: He seems so like upset by the whole thing.
2: Well, I know it can be traumatic. It can,
3: it be, can traumatic. be. It
2: can be. Shannon Dreyer joined by Rick Riz, Dave Sims, Gary Hill, and our special guest, Director of Analytics, Joel Furman. And Joel, we got a lot to get to, but first of all, I want to talk a little bit about why you were here. There are a lot of folks on the plane. You guys have organizational meetings every year, and it seems to be they might be a little early this year. Are you guys, is that true? Are you a little busy in September perhaps? Perhaps.
5: Yeah, I guess so. Uh, hey, folks, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, so we're we're here in lovely Detroit. We um, every year we do some meetings to basically talk about our our systems and programs. So, um, just creative ways that we can get better, um, things that we can do from a baseball operation standpoint to to sort of keep an edge and get an edge. Um, so, yeah, that can range anything from, you know, I'll be talking about analytics um, with my boss, Jesse Smith, and then um, player development, high performance, um, all of these different programs that we have kind of put our heads together and think about ways to get better. Um, You know, to give an example, I think something we came up with a few years ago was the idea of having a a meeting before every game to discuss sort of how to use the bullpen that day, how best to deploy our our relievers, who's ready, uh, who can pitch, who can't uh, that day, what the best strategic play is on any given day. And I think that's been a big success and just sort of trying to find different opportunities to do creative things like that um, is kind of what we're after, but it's been a lot of fun.
2: And that, since we have a little time, uh, tell us about that meeting because I was shocked. I thought I understood how everything worked. And when I heard of the number of people every day that is involved in that meeting, I was blown away.
5: Yeah. I mean, it certainly doesn't sound like rocket science, right? Talk about how to use your pitching, but, um, (laughs) But yeah, I mean, uh, there are a lot of people that, that go into that. Obviously, Scott Service being, being the sort of uh, the field marshal there. But um, a, a few sort of information sources that are presented. Uh, the first would be sort of our, our data strategy department, which is run by Skylar Shibiyama um, and Sam Reinertsen, who's our advanced scout. And, and that just comes down to uh, we have some information on how, how favorable any given matchup is for us, pitchers, first hitters. And, um, you know, we refer to things as pockets. So we kind of split the lineup into into little chunks of, of three or four hitters. And we talk about which of our pitchers fit most comparably well into those pockets. Um, and then we sort of go from there in terms of how do we deploy these guys from the sixth to the ninth inning. Um, and there's a lot that goes into that. We also have um, a lot of high performance Presence on that call, talking about you know uh, what's best for the given player's workload at that time, and obviously the pitching coaches um, are as dialed in as anybody in terms of like uh, what that player is going through at the given moment and and what they can handle. So um, it is a, a collaborative effort. Um, and it's a ton of fun. Uh, we just did it like a half hour ago, so hope it goes well. <laughs> so, what are you guys going to do today? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's coming in? Well, well in luckily, got got a lot of guys available. <laughs> uh, I think if we're winning, I think Andres Munoz is going to yeah. get the ball. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> no,
1: it's it, it's actually really fun to watch it play out. And last night is a great example. There's a scenario last night where it's a close ball game. You can go to Swanson or Castillo in a situation. Both great options, right? Both having great years. But what's interesting, Detroit had a couple lefties coming up. So on the surface level, like go to Swanson, many fans may not realize that, hey, he has dominated lefties this year. His strikeout rate is over 30% against lefties this year. It's that kind of thinking that we don't necessarily – notice but you guys talk about before every single game
5: yeah it's funny this is my first experience with having a right-handed left-handed specialist (laughs) Uh, but he is that i mean yeah uh has a lot of weapons to get lefties out and and a lot to get righties out too i mean it's really nice with a team like this with a lot of switch hitters too um to to kind of have that flexibility with swanee so um he's carved out that role for himself and and jeez has been so good um just (laughs) popping open that you know uh big-league strikeout-to-walk leaderboard uh, among relievers. It's like, you know, he's, he's right
0: there with some of the, the marquee names in the game, so that's a lot of fun. Joel, you've been here for a while now, and you also give the organization a lot of information about who the Mariners pick up in a trade, and Andres Munoz has turned into one of the best relievers, I think, in baseball with that fastball slider combination but when the trade was made it was one of the best trades the mariners have traded a long time jerry made with san diego ty an all-star muñoz is going to be an all-star and one of the best he had terrens and also trammell in that deal but w- what were the numbers about uh muñoz because he was on the il at the time right. coming off tommy john surgery and how did you look at him and to where he is now yeah
5: yeah jerry crushed that one uh he did. <laughs> a lot of good players
0: there and you helped out. um
5: yeah uh muñoz is one of those guys i mean uh, just over the years, uh, you sort different leaderboards of, of uh, things like pitch quality or pitch action, what what pitches are doing, and and over the years, there's just this 19 year old kid that's doing something that no one else is doing. You know, throwing harder than anybody else, and so he was always for a few years just to stand out. Man, who is this kid that yeah. is throwing 101? And um, And so I think he was kind of always on our radar in that respect. Um, And then I think maybe the other part of it was just the 101, 102 was fairly easy to see. Um, I think we really honed in on uh, something that gave us an advantage was that he had the slider that he was only using 25 to 30 percent of the time. And it's really, you know... You can understand why. If I threw 100, I would throw my fastball, too. <laughs> uh, but, you know, uh, that was something that we targeted as maybe we can use this pitch a little bit more. Uh, and to his credit, I think he he's really grabbed onto that. And that's a really special pitch. Um, yeah, he's really good. Joel, in your line of work, you apparently you come up with a lot of uh, discoveries. And that's one of them you just talked about. What on the hitting side maybe that you found this year you've made? Been able to make improvements with uh, player X, Y, Z? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I really think uh, this has been a good year for us in terms of, like, staying disciplined to what we care about. Uh, I think, like, you know, through some struggles at different uh, points of the year in terms of actually getting the the run across home plate, the whole time we've been as disciplined of a team as as there can be in terms of swing decisions uh swinging at the right pitches laying off the wrong ones um i think i think we've done as well as anybody um so that's more of a team level answer but i think that was a focus of ours going into the year was let, let's be the best team at swinging at the right pitches and and i think we're we're one of those teams um so that's really exciting other than that i mean i think I think guys just coming in and, and doing what they do well has, has been a big key. Uh, I, I've i had a ton of fun watching Suarez just uh, get right back into, you know, what he was doing at the end of last year and, and a few years ago, which is just taking his walks and, and making a lot of awesome hard fly ball contacts. So, um, yeah, it's a good offensive team with really discipline.
2: And Joel, we, we finished up talking about Eugenio Suarez, and I think this is a great opportunity to uh, kind of – need a picture here because a lot of folks uh will look at suarez and appreciate what it is he is certainly appreciate the defense they will look at the strikeouts he leads baseball in strikeouts right now you guys aren't too concerned i mean you'd prefer you know a few less of with any hitter why does what he does work why do what (laughs) oh i got you
5: yeah yeah i think i mean it's all a balance uh I think strikeouts are certainly a negative, but um, being able to balance that out by reaching base via the walk, uh, advancing runners and doing damage uh, via the long ball in his case, um, and also playing a really good third base. Uh, I think that's, you know, another part of his game that this year has, has really, you know, call it bounce back, call it take a step forward. Um, he's just been really good over there. And so, um, yeah, yeah you live with strikeouts if you can get on base via the walk and and hit a home run and, and play a really good third base. He also, uh, you know, I, I'm not, uh, I'm not in the clubhouse every day, but, uh, I have a lot of fun anytime I cross paths with Gino Suarez. He, he seems like an amazing teammate. High on the fun scale, yes, right? no okay. doubt. Good vibes only. Yeah.
1: George Kirby has had such a fascinating, he's been tremendous, obviously, but it's been fascinating to see how he's gone about it. We know about the strike throwing, but along the way, he's, of the two seamers throwing a different slider like all of these things are happening in his first couple of months in the major leagues how have you viewed his first couple of months here in the majors
5: yeah um yeah it's interesting I mean there are certainly there are the things that I uh really know and think about George based on the data and I think something that you touched on is something that our coaches just have raved about this year which is just his ability that I think is just about unmatched to, uh, make an adjustment on, on the fly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just, his athletic ability to, um, you know, if it's adding a two seam just kind of out of nowhere, uh, which apparently our whole starting staff does, <laughs> but, uh, you know, took to that, uh, adjustment really well. Um, you know, I've heard stories of, of him coming in from the dugout and, uh, you know, someone mentioning uh, an adjustment about controlling the run game in a different way, expecting him to implement it three games from now and he'll go out the next inning and, and do it. Um, so he's, you know, a special kind of athlete. Uh, you know, in terms of the, the skill set, I think, like, he's a good example of just someone who has always been a top-of-the-scale strike thrower and a really good athlete um, and someone whose who's pure weapons just every year have, have taken a step forward. Um, and that that is a you know a path to upside that I think often gets overlooked but um, when you're starting with impact impact strike throwing uh, and you have the kind of acumen and athleticism that he does to, to add weapons um, you can get a special outcome and I, I think we're seeing that so far.
0: Joel, I think one of the greatest transformations I've seen has been Matt Brash who comes up as a starter in the organization makes his major league debut as a starter and all of a sudden oop Now you're in Tacoma as a reliever and doing what he's doing right now in the bullpen. From the baseball analytics side, what showed you that Matt Brash was ready for this? Because you don't see that very often during the season with a young player. We see veteran guys, you know, go from the rotation down to the bullpen, become long relievers. But this kid is now, you know, toward the back end of the bullpen.
5: Yeah, yeah, he's been awesome. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think from the beginning, our, uh, our view of Matt Brash has sort of been a really good pitcher. Uh, and, and whether that's a starter or a reliever, you know, time will tell. And I think the whole time he has just shown special top of the scale weapons, you know, two incredible breaking balls and a lot of velocity. Um, and you know, like, like most players coming to the big leagues for the first time, I think, uh, you know, ran into some strike throwing hiccups, um, and sort of went to Tacoma and reset, uh, and gosh, like the strike zone aggression really since, you know, that that initial move back to, to A and and now up uh, has just made all the difference in the world. Just throwing a ton of strikes, being really aggress- aggressive and, and maintaining the the weapons that he has, which which are just insane. But um, yeah, I mean, I think just um, the game in general is, is moving closer to just viewing all these guys as outgetters and whether they start the game or whether they you know, uh, pitched three innings or seven innings or one in, You know, it's it's becoming more of a spectrum now, um, and I, I just think Matt Brash is a really good pitcher.
4: Mm-hmm. Hey,
5: Joel, here's one for you. Did your numbers project the year that Penn Murphy's having? Uh, did you have anything that could have said, <laughs> Hey, this dude is going to be a breakout guy and he's going to be work his way in the high leverage situations and have a lot of success. Yeah. Um, if anyone tells you that they predicted this, then you should yeah tell them to go away. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, he has been awesome. I think, uh, he's another, another player that, um, over the years, every once in a while, when you're just sort of looking for unique things, he would often filter to the top of the list. Uh, he has a lot of unique characteristics, uh, be, we've talked about this with some um, that combination of the slot that he throws with and the fastball shape that he has. So I think most people that throw from that lower sidearm three-quarters slot have some sink and run to their ball. And instead, uh, he has more of a kind of cut ride shape. Um, and that's really unique and it's different. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, what what missing bats is about is just having something that that no one else has and that's really helped him and then obviously the slider um, is just has a ton of sweep to it uh, and, and misses a ton of bats so I I think we had a good pulse that he was really unique and had some really special skills um, but I don't think anyone saw this coming and, and it's a huge credit to him. He, he is awesome.
2: Joel, we've got just about a minute, minute and a half to go, but who is an underrated analytics kind of, um, may I use the word darling? Is there somebody, uh, that you guys look at and like, this is just something that people don't understand. It is so good for us.
5: Yeah. Um, gosh, a lot of guys, um, come to mind. I think, uh, you know, maybe biased by the, the relievers that we have talked about, but I think the things that, that Matt Festa has, has done for us has, have been really awesome. Um, talk about, you know, filling up the strike zone, uh, understanding what his best pitch is and, and not being afraid to, to lean on it in big moments um, has a really good slider. And and it's a slider that's, I think, come a long way. I think we've seen a lot of different versions of that pitch throughout his development and he's he's kind of honed in on, on the best version of it and, and, um, has been really consistent with that, and so I think it's um, kind of a an unsung thing, just how deep and reliable this bullpen is from top to bottom. Um, that allows you to, you know, when three or four guys have pitched back to back the the last two days, uh, we're not really sweating it because we have <laughs> we have Festa and we have Murphy and and all these guys. So, um, yeah, Festa comes to mind as someone with. Um, an underrated arsenal and an and underrated skill set in general.
6: Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story and one of the best